Hey everybody, Stacy Simpson here. I am the reigning Ms. Achievement World as well as the CEO of Pageantry Now, and I'm getting ready to be interviewed right here with the Pageant Project. Hello, everyone. It's Adrian from the Pageant Project. My very special guest for today is someone who's probably used StreamYard as much as I have. And the one person in the pageant industry has done more of these interviews than I have. Stacey Simpson, welcome to the show. Good to see you. I am so grateful. Thank you so much for having me. I'm like so excited. Is that crazy? I mean, I'm excited. I'm nervous. Okay, there you go. <laughs> You're not honestly. Okay. I, I say I, I have lost count. I don't say I've lost count. I have lost count. I stopped counting. It is somewhere, I'm now somewhere in between probably about 250, 260 going on 300, which I thought was a lot. How many have you done? How many lives, pageant interviews, et cetera, have you done? The first year, so 2016, I did 365. I did one every single day at 8 o'clock. Uh, and that was... <laughs> Uh, since then, we've given up. So it's 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 somewhere near two thousand at this point. So. How okay? So I normally uh, start the interview by asking about pageant history, but just to focus on the the pageantry now side and the interviewing and the red carpet appearances, to focus on that side of things for a second. How did that get started? That's a great question. Uh, I was actually. I was actually at Miss Universe 2015, the Oops Miss Universe, uh, and I was there with another organization, uh, and I was not supposed to be on the red carpet, and I had spoken to the Miss Universe staff, and I said, listen, I just want to interview Seal, so I don't care. I just want to meet him. When I was going through chemotherapy, when okay. I, 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 I was like, I just want to meet him. And they grabbed me and they put me on the red carpet. And I was like, wait, hold on a second. That's like, that's everybody. Like, how did, how did this happen? <laughs> and, and, and then it got even crazier as it went. Cause then, you know, the next thing I know, I'm, I'm not known by anybody. And then, um, Ruba, Ruba Wilson, no, Ruba Wilson, um, from Ruba's world pulls me onto the red carpet with Perez Hilton and starts interviewing me on you now. And I'm like, how, okay, sure. Why not? You know? And, and then I was the last person to interview Steve Harvey before he went on stage and <laughs> kind of messed up. But, but the idea of pageantry now started at that particular moment. Cause I realized with you now, wouldn't it be cool if we could get live interviews happening right away? This was before Facebook Live had had existed. You now was really in Periscope were the only two ways that you could actually do live interviews. And I really thought it would be really cool to be able to bring pageantry and not just be the crowning moment. I wanted to really get behind the scenes and show what really happens in the world of pageantry and and put a positive light on it because at that point, especially because of what happened at that Miss Universe, everyone was talking about, oh my gosh, this is fixed. This wasn't real. This was blah, blah, blah. And, mm. and, and, and I, and that kind of bothered me because I've been doing 
at that point I'd been in pageantry for almost 35 years and 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 I was embarrassed to be that girl going, yeah, I, I compete in pageants. You know, and I didn't like that connotation. And so that's really where pageantry now came from, that whole idea of that we can do this now and we can show what mm-hmm. title holders are doing. And it's not just that moment they get crowned and that moment that they give up their crown. So there <laughs> What have been the biggest takeaways for you over your pageantry now career? I mean, so as you said, you were competing in pageants long before that facet of your career started. I'm just curious to know, as a fellow interviewer, have you seen a side to pageantry or learned something about pageantry that you didn't know before this? I mean, obviously I did, but I hadn't competed in pageants. You had. So over your pageantry now career, what have been some of the biggest takeaways for yourself? Um, that honestly, that the people that I was so like nervous about meeting were just average, normal people. You know, the very mm. first time that I interviewed a Miss Universe, I, I, if we go back to like 2012, I had made a bucket list and I was like, okay, I, I'd been told I was going to die for the third, fourth time in, in my life. And my husband and I made a bucket list and I said, well, I had never been to Miss Universe. So all I want to do is go to Miss Universe. And um, the next thing I knew, I was interviewing Miss Universe. <laughs> and and I, here I am not only at Miss Universe, but I am on the red carpet at Miss Universe. And so just having that that realization that they were just, just normal people. The year before, Miss Universe was here in Miami, where I'm from. And um, I, we were at the very first event. My husband and I got to go. And... Uh, Gabrielle Eisler sat down next to us. She was literally a chair away from us at, at, at an evening dinner. And my husband, we've got six title holders at the table with us because it was a VIP dinner. And my husband's texting. He was on Twitter. And I'm like, dude, be in the moment. Look at all of these women. You are in this moment. And he goes, I got you. What do I need to be looking at them for? And Gabby turned and she goes, well, I think this oh, <laughs> Every woman in the, that would heard it went, that is so sweet. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And that was that moment where I went, these are 20-somethings with cell phones. Like, they're no different than than I am. And and that kind of, like, made it where, where I was like, okay, you know, I, I guess I sh- I mean, I'm still in awe. Like, I still, you know, I still have those moments where I get butterflies every time I do one of the interviews because I never know we know what, what we're going to say or what comes out. Uh, but they're just real people just wanting to have, you know, a real life and, and really have a long lasting effect on the world. And I think that is really kind of amazing. Like, you know, I mean, as you know, like you, you've seen this world of pageantry, like what's been the takeaway for you? (laughs) It, I mean, my, I mean, I was going to ask you about just quickly your husband. What does he make of all of this? Because when I, when I came into pageantry, and I think I probably started around 2016, so maybe around this, a similar time to yourself, but obviously no yeah. pageant experience. I had no idea what pageants were. I didn't know there was beauty. There were beauty pageants in Australia. And then I put up this clip of my very first interview, and it is cringeworthy. It's so 
bad. Um, but what does or your mine. husband make of it? Can <laughs> thank you for saying that. Um, what does your husband make of it now? Does he does he know any of them, or does he could he literally walk past you know Andre or Catriona or Pierre and not have any idea who they were? That is also a very interesting question because at one point we were judging a national pageant. And my husband was seated in between Kira Kazantsev and Mia Sanchez, literally between the two of them. And I'm on the other side. This is, again, before I have really gotten into this place where I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, whatever. They, I, I had not, I not, not met a Miss USA. And, and I'm like kind of rocking going, okay, dude, like I texted him. I'm like, you're next to Miss USA and Miss, Miss America. And he went, where? <laughs> now, I probably, I mean, he probably, he probably, I mean, I, I, I'm sure he knows he could see Pia, like, know that it was Pia now. He probably knows, you know, Catrion as well. Like, I, I think, I mean, he, he was doing uh, backstage for, like, handling the, the stream yard when I interviewed Andrea. So, um, right. I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure now, like, he, but he doesn't. He's like, whatever, I don't care. Like, he's always like, this is your gig, so it's fun. I mean, it's good, and and honestly, he, I think he he's the one that got me back into pageantry because I had taken a really long retirement and uh, mm-hmm. decided I wasn't going to do them anymore, and I was really done. And and when he and I started dating ten years ago, he's like, when we got married, we got married in two thousand twelve, and he said, you know, I think you should do a pageant, and I went. Do you know what you're asking? <laughs> Do you have any clue? Uh, and I'm sure that he had no idea that it was going to be like this. And, and neither did I. Like, I, 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 I've got to say, the last 10 years have been really remarkable. And, and mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's been pretty, pretty awesome. So. Can you can you walk us through? It's it's time to ask that question. Walk us through the pageant history. So I normally ask, you know, how did you get involved in pageantry to begin with? And then, as you have identified, you've already had multiple health scares, very serious, yeah. life threatening health scares. You took a long sabbatical. So, if possible, can you just take us all the way back to the beginning, to the crown that you've got now, just. See if you can see, see if you can condense it, if that's possible. We'll try. Okay. So it, someone asked me recently how many titles have I had? And I said, I've had over 150. So if we go way to the way, way back. Uh, but uh, the way I got into pageantry at the age of 16, I was physically assaulted by my dad and had to have reconstructive surgery to put my face back together. And three months after that incident, my mom entered me into a pageant to raise my self-esteem. Most people don't know this, but I do have Asperger's, so I am on the spectrum. And at that point, I really um, was lacking in the ability to have conversations. And I I wasn't confident. And clearly what was going on in my life was um, pretty chaotic uh, because of Mm. the, the home issues. It wasn't just my dad. There were issues with my mom as well. Uh, and, and I was, she wanted me to make, she wanted to make me the girl she thought I should be and put me into a pageant. And surprisingly, I placed first runner up. So I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. And the next year Miss Teen USA started. So that became 
the thing. I had always followed Miss America. I'd always followed Miss USA and Miss Universe. But then that became the the prize I wanted to have, was, which was Miss Teen USA. Uh, and I competed for Florida Teen USA. I placed um, in the top 30. So out of 150 girls, I thought that was pretty significant wow. considering I, I did. Yeah. Yeah it, yeah. it was bananas. It was. And, and to me, that was, you know, I, I kind of had thought, okay, I'll, I'll leave pageantry. Um, I got married a year later because uh, I was trying to get out of my mom and my mom and dad's household mm-hmm. and, um, and then competed in Colorado, America uh, two years later. And again, I placed, but I didn't win. And it just kept being this thing where I was doing, I, I did sunburst and I placed, but I didn't win. And, and um, I, after that, so I guess 1989, I mean, we're going way, way back. Uh, was my last like pageant as in that particular era. And then oh. in two, ni- 1996, so 10 years later, I was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And I went through the process of chemo and radiation and everything, but that was on September 11th, 1996. So my five-year anniversary was the day that changed the United States and mm-hmm. I think the world conceiving. Yeah. And that was, yeah. that was the moment where I went, you know, I've got to do something with my life. I've been given this gift. I've got to do something. And I had a dream. I want a pageant. And I mean, like a real actual dream, physical dream. And I went, Oh my gosh, mm. like if I wore a crown now, I could give a voice to this experience that I've had of actually overcoming cancer. And I competed, um, I was competing for Mrs. International. I did the local and the state uh, and then be, it, and was told by the state director, listen, you're just too heavy. You don't fit into this image of what Mrs. International is. And I was like, okay, well, I'm a size 14. It is what it is. I'm not going to try to lose weight to be able to fit into somebody else's standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then went into to the first year of Ms. Plus America. So I was Ms. Texas Plus America. Um, and then I placed second runner up. So I thought that was wickedly cool. I fell on stage. <laughs> like, like full Sandra Bullock foot face plant. And, uh-huh. you know, I was like, but that process from going from international to plus America was so significant because I was in Texas and um, for Mm. anybody that is international, Texas is like, you know, Venezuela. So like from the standpoint of the way we take, they take pageantry. So seriously, it's the place in the United States where it really is, you know, and I got to travel all over the state and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I was doing, a, you know, multiple appearances. I'd been on TV. I'd been on national TV as this, this state title holder. And I thought, this is epic. This is what I want to continue to do. Uh, and, but the feedback that I got from that pageant was I wasn't plus size enough. And I'm like, wait, hold on. I'm a 14. I'm not <laughs> plus size enough, but I'm not, I'm not thin enough to be in the categories of what everybody says. And so I came across achievement pageants and, and actually that pageant was where I met my director now, Diana Lawrence, uh, who was Mrs. Galaxy previously. Uh, and she had also had a previous title to that, which was Mrs. American achievement. And I had followed that, the, the process of Mrs. American achievement becoming galaxy and it being an achievement pageant. And, so my goal back then was to win Galaxy because I thought it it was the achievement pageant. That's what I wanted to do. 
American achievement had been phased out and had gone from this live system to being Galaxy. Um, and I just admired the heck out of Diana. So I just kept trying to live this vicarious life through her, but also trying to emulate what she was doing. Uh, and there was another system, there was American Achievement Ambassador that I won the United States a title, and then I won the international title. Uh, woman, um, sorry, Outstanding Woman America I won. Uh, I was Mrs. Um, Mrs. America Worldwide. Uh, for the worldwide system, which is now uh, Global United, that it changed names because uh, of a conflict. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I, it's just, and, and I, I mean, I competed in Global United uh, when I came back to pageantry in 2013, and then I won the title. I didn't, I, I won her online titles. Um, and then I came across uh, Accomplished American, and I won the international. I won the national title for Accomplished American. Then I won Accomplished International, uh, and then also won Woman of Achievement 2016 for Florida. So I was Elite Florida Woman of Achievement. Went to the Woman of Achievement pageant. Um, I didn't place, but I didn't care because I was hanging out with all my friends, and I was in mm -hmm. LA. Got to go to the Voice. I was like, I don't care. Like it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> And, and then I, I was inter doing interviews and came across Diana and she had started Dr. World. I mean, you know, like our paths had crossed. So we ended up being at Miss Universe together in 2014. It was here in Miami and, and I snuck her backstage and we got to do some stuff backstage. So it was kind of cool to have that moment. Uh, and so we kind of like have kept in touch. And then I, I was doing some interviews for another network and uh, had wanted to do an interview on classic pageantry and about how the rules of pageantry had changed and we yeah. I invited Diana to be his guest and she's like you know I have achievement world again we were bringing it back and I went where do I sign up like how do I do this like how do I so um that's how I got to here <laughs> I mean there are a lot of little titles in between but those are like the biggest ones that I've had so where where in the story was the break? You you said you had a break, a sabbatical for a while. Whereabouts in the story was your break, and why did you decide you needed to take one? So, two thousand six. Um, so there were two breaks. So from eighty nine to two thousand two, I took a break, and then from two thousand six to two thousand thirteen, I took a break as well. When I had won. Um, Outstanding Woman in America, I kind of felt like I had topped out. It was another achievement pageant. Mm -hmm. It was, and and I, I left kind of with not a great feeling about myself. I just felt like I was doing a whole lot of work and I wasn't necessarily getting enough out of systems for what I was doing. And I mean, right. at that point, yeah. I was traveling nationally. I had, I had gotten an airline sponsor myself personally. So I had been to 42 wow. states. I like I was I would literally would leave on Friday, come back on Sunday. And so I was I, I've, I, I, I tell people I've seen all of the most amazing airports in the United States, as well <laughs> as all of the convention centers and hotels you could possibly see. <laughs> I know there's a okay. business opportunity in there somewhere. Reviews of America's <laughs> best airports, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, maybe I, I, I would have to say I, I, I have spent 
more time in Atlanta airport than I will ever want to spend. Uh, like literally, it seemed like every flight had a stopover in Atlanta. And I was like, okay, dude, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, I don't yeah. know if I've been through Atlanta. I remember going through LAX. And as someone who's not used to, uh, not used to America, not used to guns, not used to security, LAX, that was an eye-opener for me. thought I'd landed in a war zone. Yeah, but LA is actually pretty easy. So of uh, the big, the oh, big airport, compared to Atlanta, Atlanta's bananas. Like, I, I'm sorry, anybody that's from Atlanta, I love you guys. I love the city, but like your airport is just not, not <laughs> avoided at all. It, it, you cannot, there is only one. So what you experience at LAX, there are multiple terminals to be able to go in and out of and to go through TSA. So you get all of your checks. Atlanta only has one. <laughs> so what's, what, what's the queue like? You mean you've got to be waiting forever? Three right? hours, three, uh, three hours on a, on a good day, on a good day. Why, why is it like disability that? Now, I, because they set it up so there is a one train that stops off at each gate. So you get on a tram and it takes you to the gates. But there is one check-in TSA spot. And then you have gates A through whatever it is. I don't know. And and have to get <laughs> No. It's no. <laughs> I'm now it's wondering if I've actually been through... I, I can't. I don't think I spent any time in Atlanta, but I'm wondering now. I do remember going to a through a large airport, and it wasn't LAX, and having to get on a tram that was so big it basically went outside the terminal and then came back in. We don't have anything approaching that size here in Australia, and like Australia is hardly a third world country. So for me to see that size, um, it, it was staggering and not not really in a good way because I, I, I was running late because my connecting flight, my inbound flight was late. Right. There was no way I was going to be able to make my outgoing flight because I had to find this tram first. And then, it, yeah, it wasn't a happy experience. If you have to change terminals in, in Atlanta, mm. I, as I I always tell people as long as you stay in the airport you're probably okay but if you ha if you go outside so I have a lot of friends that live in Atlanta so a lot of times if, mm. if I would get stuck in the airport like if, if like I canceled whatever I I have spent the night in LA I mean in, in Atlanta sorry and um, but my friends now you know got to the point where they would pick me up and I was like okay I have a flight at, at eight o'clock in the morning to get out so can you drop me at the airport at five? And they'd be like, why? And I'm like, that's insane. <laughs> that's insane. That, that, that's yeah. the same That's the same time that we need to allow for leaving international flights here in Sydney. But that's even that's generous. You could probably get away with one and a half hours. So to hear that you need to give yourself three hours for a domestic flight, that's crazy. Just to get through CSA, yeah. Now, I, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, honestly, and like, Dallas is a really big hub. Dallas is pretty simple. Miami is a huge hub. Mm. Even even JFK, like I, I I heard all of these horrible things about of all all of the three major airports in New York, and we never had a problem. Like we go in and we, I mean, I I mm. now because of my ailments, you know, we do go with a, a wheelchair assistance, but still, like, I, not like Atlanta. <laughs> 
Okay. So lesson learned. Atlanta is a beautiful place. Come visit, but just don't fly there. Basically, is a don't moral fly of the there, story. Drive. <laughs> or don't. If you just make sure that you plan accordingly, you're good. Dear me, I don't know if I have the patience for that. Um, but I mean, we're talking about your pageant history. We've talked a little bit about pageantry now. I'm fascinated to ask you what sort of changes you've seen the pageant industry as a whole go through from the beginning as a 16 year old when you got involved to now. Because um, I've seen what I think are quite a lot of changes even over the four or five years that I've been in, but I've been in it. So I'm fascinated to see what sort of changes you've seen happen in the pageant industry over your career and maybe some of the big changes you see that are coming up. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is that now we're getting a lot more diversity. Uh, and I and I mm. and I don't mean like so as a teen watching pageants i remember one of the biggest emotional moments for me was the moment that vanessa williams was crowned miss america so here i, I grew up in, in uh, detroit michigan which is a primarily african-american black um area so for me i felt very very strongly that seeing this woman and having representation was super super important so i remember crying like a baby mm. that that we finally had a woman of color that had won a major title. And and I, I'm sure that in Miss Universe, we had had that previously just because of the different ethnicities that we had from all over the world. But it, it that moment to me was very, very strong. Uh, so I, I love now seeing that we've taken a total, you know, change from that standpoint of that moment in 1985 of that happening to now having so many more colors, shapes, sizes, uh, um, mm. age categories. Like uh, mm -hmm. I always say that there is a pageant for everybody there. And there wasn't in the beginning, you know, it was a handful of pageants that you could compete in uh, and not everybody could be successful in it. And I think now there really is that opportunity for anybody that really wants to do a pageant to, be able to compete and and be successful too. I mean, it takes work. I'm not going to tell mm. you it's easy. Like it took me years. I, I I tell people it took me 20 years to win my first state title. So that mm. was a process. So you know, if and almost 40 years later, I, I'm still doing this crazy. crazy thing. <laughs> But but I love it, and I love I love the what we're seeing, and I and I love the changes that we're seeing. I think that pageantry, especially stateside, took and and I think that I think in Europe and then also probably in Australia, uh, pageantry is taking a little bit of a bad rap from the standpoint of reality television really dictating, you know, the honey boo boos and you know mm -hmm. the. The, and, and and also with the internet, the the invention of the internet and the being able to see things momentarily and and then any time that there was a missed question on stage or any time that you know somebody fell or any major yeah. thing that happened, it was and and it was all negativity. So mm. what I'm hoping is that we're gonna have more positivity coming through. I mean, I, I don't I I, I I always am challenged with the whole thing with Facebook and Instagram because everything is so now, 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 now. Uh, yeah. And, and, and obviously those moments still feed the internet and still feed 
mm. pageantry in general. But I'm hoping now that we have more people being able to step up and say, you know, like Zozie said, take up space. Well, we, I, I just pageantry needs to take up a better space and to show this isn't just a bunch of girls walking around in a bathing suit. This isn't just, mm. you know, women not being empowered. This is really intelligent, articulate women that are, you know, changing the world. And, and that's one of the things I say in pageantry now. Women, men, pageantry is about changing the world using a crown and a sash. And you know, look at people like Katriana Gray who who built orphanages and schools, like, and, and, and that's just one example, but it happens mm. time and time and time again. I mean, look at, you know, like Marissa, Marissa Butler, you know, she has been in this world world view of pageantry and she's doing amazing things with her mm. charity in San Diego. And, and really, I mean, it's, it, and it, and it's not just one, you know, like, I know you just said, you just had Cynthia Lau on Miss Cuba earth, um, earth Cuba. I, I, again, these are women that are strong and empowered and really changing the world. And um, I, I think that's really awesome. And I want to be able to highlight that. And I want to be able to show mm. that this isn't, it, it isn't, it isn't a program to sell swimsuits anymore. Mm. That that went out in the sixties. This is really empowered women speaking their truth and showing themselves as real as they possibly can. You know, in in the world of instant fame and fortune. Of course, there isn't much fortune with it, but. <laughs> That that that's a that's a topic of conversation for another day another day, Stacey. But I mean, w with women like Marissa and Cynthia and many others that you could name and I could name, I mean, those are very good examples of women who I like to think, even if pageantry hadn't come into their life, they would still be extremely hard workers, still extremely ambitious. And there seems to be, I don't know what, what it's like in the United States, but I know in Australia and to some, to some extent the United Kingdom, there seems to be some women, young women who go into it, maybe it's because of the reality TV angle and this desire to be famous, but who seem to think the only way they can make a difference is they have to win a pageant first and that if they don't win the title, they can't do anything. So they only talk about their advocacy or their charity work or their purpose within the context of pageantry and then if they don't win they completely stop have you seen that phenomenon at all stateside uh yeah i mean i think that and i know that you did a did a piece just about people picking up advocacy just to be able to compete and that it you can only mm. fake it for so long and and i think that that is really really true like you for me uh, my life is all about the advocacies that I do. Like I yeah. literally am a walking, talking, this is what I do. This is why I do this. Um, and it has nothing to do with pageantry. Like if pageantry goes away, that doesn't change what I'm doing. But I think that a lot of women do, especially when you're, you're younger and you're trying to get into this, yeah. this world. And, and, and again, I think that reality television does play a part in it, that, that yes. women get it, it, pick it up because they think that it's, the thing they have to do to be able to, to, to be successful. Um, but I, I hope, I mean, I hope that that isn't, I, 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 it has been my experience that most people 
don't give up the things that they're doing and the things that they're passionate about. Uh, at least I hope so. Like, I mean, I, and you can tell the people that are, that are not authentic about it. Like you can get yeah. it. I, I know I can know like a few minutes into an interview. It's like, Oh, it's going to be that. Okay. And I'm sure you can too. <laughs> no, that's never happened to me at all. Stacy. What are you talking never. about? <laughs> I've never been five minutes into an interview and gone, Oh my God, I regret everything. What have I done? Like, Has that ever happened to you? Have? I'm having technical difficulties. I'm losing you. I'm going through a tunnel. Um, I mean, I've, I've got to ask you on, on that note. I mean, you've interviewed so many people in so many different situations. You've done a lot more in-person stuff than I have, um, especially during Corona, because there's not been really any in-person stuff. What have been the memorable, the most memorable moments for you? I mean, you've got so many to pick from, but are there any that really stick in your head? Well, one, one, yeah, one, one, one became the question that we ask uh, on pageantry now always. Uh, I was at Miss, I think it was Miss Teen USA. It was right after Pia had been crowned. So she, it was a couple of months afterwards. And at that point we had been doing pageantry now every single day since she'd been crowned. And uh, one of the practice questions that I asked people that were getting ready for pageant was, do you like frogs? Why or why not? And so I was live streaming while I'm getting this opportunity to interview Pia and comment comes up on you now, ask her the question. <laughs> so uh, my first time interviewing a Miss Universe, sure, let me just go ahead and ask her, do you like frogs? Why or why not, Pia? And that that was the moment that sealed the deal for me because she immediately went no oh yuck no no <laughs> but like the response was so visceral and she said you know when I was a kid you know in the Philippines you put your shoes outside before you go in the house and so I came out one morning and I put my shoes on and there was a frog and it didn't and she's like uh. but and then she went why would you ask me that question and I went because I got you for that moment, it wasn't Queen Pia, it was Pia. Mm -hmm. And that moment was brilliant for me. Like I, it was, it was magical. And, and then when I interviewed Catriona Gray, like I, Catriona and the Miss Universe staff uh, tweeted that she, they were going mm -hmm. live on pageantry now. And for the first time in my you know life of pageantry now, I go live and this is the very first time they had ever done it. They had never done a Facebook live either. So this is wow. my first, I, I, I had done lives before, but the Miss Universe and, and Miss Universe had never done it before. And yeah. um, <laughs> 50,000 people immediately went and I went, Oh, welcome to the okay. Philippines. <laughs> Ask your first question went, now. I was like, and, and they had been, the Miss Universe staff had told me, well, you've got 15 minutes tops. And I went, okay. And we were still going 25 minutes into it. And, and I didn't want to stop and they didn't stop us. Like we were just so ha having mm -hmm. such a good time. And, and when I went back to Miss Universe, when, when she gave up her crown, it was brilliant because I said, you know, hey, can I have a minute with you? And she goes, oh, my God, you're the pageantry now lady with the frog question. I'm so happy to see you, Stacey. And I was like, wait, of all of the people that you have met over the last year, like, so I was like, you know, that, that those kinds of minutes, like, to me, I still get starstruck. But 
to know that I can have that lasting moment mm -hmm. in their brain too, even if it's just that, that question, I don't care. But it, I, I, I felt very, very honored. Like, and, and, and it has happened, you know, a couple of, I have had the honor of being able to interview the last uh, seven Miss Universes. And, um, and the last 12 Miss USAs. So um, it's pretty wickedly cool to have those moments where, and, and, and a couple of Miss Australians. <laughs> and I interviewed Tegan. It was pretty actually cool. She was super, super sweet. And she and Nia um, were, became really good friends. So it was nice to be able to have that moment because I interviewed Nia before I ever got to interview Miss Universe. So um, yeah, I mean, again, they're real people and I love that. And mm. I'm sure that for you, how, how did, how is it for someone that wasn't part of pageantry, you come into it and go, and how, why did you do this? Cause like, <laughs> it's funny. You, you, you bring up the frog question. I, um, I finish every interview with the same 10 questions and I didn't come up with them. Uh, it's from a show called inside the actor studio, the late James Lipton. I started and, asking um, them too. There I you love go. that, That's... and I love the questions. They're wonderful. He, he now he he didn't come up with them. He apparently took them from I think it was a French. I can't remember. I think it's called the Pivot Bernard Pivot questionnaire or something like that. Um, so I just thought, okay, you got to start strong and you got to end strong. How am I going to end strong? I don't want to have to be on the spot and think of something really memorable. So I'm just going to do the 10 questions. And by now I've done them so many times I can memorize them. Um, well, I have memorized them. But I don't know if you know, but the original seventh question, this is to answer your question, what, how, what, how much did I know about pageantry when I started? The original seventh question is, what's your favorite curse word? I know. <laughs> so in my very first pageant interview, the one that I said was extremely cringeworthy, I asked that question because I didn't know any better. And she got, she was so, she wouldn't answer the question. She literally wouldn't. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I, I mean, I moved on with things. It was all right. But it was only after that I realized, oh, they're not allowed to say, you know, those sorts of things, even though they do behind the scenes. Because I've heard, I, I know otherwise, um, but I had to replace that. I, 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 I've, I've said mine in an interview. Like, I actually had to tell Diana, I was like, um, so the person that interviewed me is from the UK and they happened to drop that word a, a lot. So um, I did. So I just need you to know that uh, we have to put explicit lyric or explicit language on the <laughs> before we share. It's um, <laughs> out of all the countries I've interviewed, you you have to be careful of the Scots, the um, the Brits, are, mm, but the Scots they're worse. Uh, the Australians and the New Zealanders, the and the Irish. You put and my podcast co-host, you know Danielle, she's Cockney. My other podcast co-host, she's Irish. I love Danielle. And then we had a South African <laughs> guest on, and it's just like, okay, there's a lot of expl expletives that we have to be careful we don't say. There's also a lot of alcohol that we have to not consume because you just and that that was to me that's some of the weirdest because I've you got to remember I've not met many of these people in person. I don't know if it's the same as you. I know you've done a lot of in-person red carpet things. I haven't had that opportunity. So I have met Danielle in person once. Right. I've not met my other po podcast co-host at all. 
and it's weird. And most of my interviewees, I've not, I've not met Marissa, I've not met Cynthia, I've not met any of them. And then, you know, you start interviewing people and you start branching out. Now I've interviewed someone in the Netherlands. I'll be interviewing someone in Denmark, South Africa. And it's just, I don't know if this has ever happened to you where you just go, hang on, I know all these people around the world and it's through pageantry. And if it hadn't been because of pageantry, there is no way that I would be talking to some random person in South Africa or some random person in, in the Netherlands. And that, that to me probably is the biggest joy that I take from it is what's well, definitely the biggest joy I take from it outside of the pageantry is just the amazing people that you get to meet. And I keep saying like, I can't think of any other industry, sport, hobby, profession, where you would get to meet such a range of amazing women from around the world. And the one thing that unites them is they want to make the world a better place. It's not about them. It's about the impact they can make. So for me, that's like way back when, when I started, because I was a tennis coach and I'd been coaching at an all girls school for probably four or five years. And that's where I saw the issues that young women in particular were having. I remember I had a young girl on court and uh, I saw that she'd cut herself, you know, the, um, you, you could see she tried to cover it up, but you could see these lines of parallel cuts. It's very mm -hmm. distinctive. And um, the vice captain of the school, who's a tennis player, had a very bad eating problem, so much so that she was psyched, hospitalized uh, in a psychiatric ward um, on more than one occasion. In fact, one time she was pulled out from her family home, kicking and screaming. Um, that's where I realized, okay, there are some issues that young women in particular face. Not to say that men don't, but with women, it's a, it's different. Um, and then when I got into pageantry, because it was for me, it became about how can I help young women? And primarily I wanted to do that through stories. That's why the interviews kicked in. And I made a very big decision in my head that I didn't want to interview celebrities pretty much because of the same thing with the reality TV. It was like, well, just because someone's right. famous doesn't necessarily mean they're a good role model. So I wanted to interview people who'd done well but people who weren't like famous, famous. And right. then I happened to interview my first pageant girl. And then, you know what pageantry is like, it's like Corona and that way, like you, you meet one and then it's like, Spreads. and then everyone, then you're meeting all these people and then you begin to lose track of who you've met where, um, but that's how it started for me. And I've always loved interviewing. I don't love so much talking to the camera myself. I've had to accept, doing that is part of my job. But the interviewing side of it, hearing the stories, um, the best part for me though, apart from the stories is the laughing. Like when you get like what you said with Peter, hey, yeah. when, you, when you get those random moments of just, I mean, I've had a couple of them recently. So I interviewed Miss Earth Australia and her sister was helping in the background, taking back behind the scenes photos and, you know, <laughs> Miss Earth Australia's name is Phoebe. Her sister's name was Rachel. And I just said, oh, so when are we getting Rachel in a pageant? And it wasn't like, a, oh, no, she's not really a pageant girl. It was a uncontrolled, almost, you know, the snorting laughter when something makes you laugh so bad. <laughs> I do. It wasn't quite that bad. But she couldn't stop laughing for a solid 30 seconds. And then you can hear her sister protesting in the background. And the sister's going, why are you laughing at me? And, like, she, Phoebe was laughing so hard, I thought she was going to have a stomach cramp or pass out. Like, she's holding her stomach. And, like, that, those moments are, to me, just 
priceless. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're comparing like interview stories now, which is something I've not been able to do before. Okay, but all right, but well, and and before the pandemic, we were trying to get you to come on pageantry now, and um, hmm. at that point, the wildfires were were crazed across Australia. Oh. You were doing interviews from your car, which I was like, okay, so we'll just do this another time. And then the whole world shut down. Sky, <laughs> the, you look at my interviews from then, you talk about doing it no matter what happens. You'll see that my entire face and my car is blood red. And it's not because I got funky tinting on my window. It's because there was so much and smoke in the sky. The, no, it was just the smoke in the sky had turned the sun blood red. So I look at my interviews back then and it was, yes, it was a lot of smoke. I have a white car that turned black. And then when I wash it, it turned yellow or brown. But oh. it was just, it, it was horrific. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, when you do do what we do, I, I don't know what sort of stories you have in terms of, you know, technical issues and things like that. I mean, that's a whole. <laughs> if there's a technical issue, it's a good interview. <laughs> I, I, I found so many technical issues. <laughs> I, I have a team that started following me when we did the very first show on You Now uh, that she found me when she was scrolling. And she she actually comes into broadcast for me and starts typing if I if I say, okay, you can find this person there. But she'll be like, yeah. and there goes the technical issues. And now she types out. Please stand by. We're experiencing some technical issues. <laughs> One of our representatives will be with you momentarily. <laughs> you sound I like you have a whole organization going on there. <laughs> I, I, I do this all myself. Like I'm trying to, you know, that, I, I don't know, because you've, you've done some uh, like podcast episodes as well with multiple people. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that's even harder because well, I don't do anything off of a script, even my interviews. I never have a list of questions. Maybe I, I should someday. But if you, if you think having one interview and having to think on your feet is difficult, I tell people, you think that's difficult, try controlling three other people, and one of them is Danielle, and you know what she's like. So good <laughs> luck to you. I love her. Oh, my gosh, she's amazing. Like, I... I I, I, I was kind of hoping she would be in because I was like, we, we went off on like a whole, a whole tangent because when Gent. I was doing the, the other show, it, it went sideways. Like it was like an hour, <laughs> two hours. I was like, okay, how do we pull this back? Like I'm trying, because it was, it, it's not supposed to be this kind of interview. It's supposed to be like, you know, the view and yeah. it, no, it, went, <laughs> it went sideways really <laughs> Well, and I guess I apologize for that one. We, I'm the one who sent her your way, so it's probably my fault. No, but honestly, she's brilliant, <laughs> and I I loved it. So it to me, it wasn't. It was it was actually a great experience because I we were really trying to to pull, you know, people from all over the world and try to pull in mm. that idea of pageantry and and having different opinions because not everybody has the same mm. opinions about pageantry. Um, you know, so we had Danny on, we had Rafa, Rafa Delphin from Critical Beauty. Um, and, you know, we don't all see the world the same. And so yeah. the world of pageantry. And yet we could all come together on, on so many of these things that we are talking about, you know, just about... Mm how pageantry has changed and 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 some of the negative negativity that has come through through reality television and things that have happened with with pageantry and and then trying to bring back that 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 feeling of elegance and beauty and because it is 
yes, they're beauty pageants, but I, I really believe wholeheartedly, like with my title, I, I love that it is an achievement pageant because it really brings out my inner beauty. I, you know, this stuff, mm. I'm 55. Like I, this takes work, <laughs> but, you look but what I'm, thank you. <laughs> but what I'm doing is what is most important to me. So, you know, I, I have already said that, that I'm retiring. This is my last title. I'm, I'm done. I, I really love what pageantry now does. And I don't have enough time to do pageantry now the way I would mm. like. And be a title holder. Being a title holder is a job. It takes a lot of time and effort and work. Um, you know, so, and, and that was really why I ended up not continuing with that show is because I, I can't run my own business, which I do have a gymnastics business as well. Uh, and, and that actually, it was interesting. You're talking about tennis because for me, the world of gymnastics is, was my life as a teen. And, and I dealt with Mm-hmm. On top of the issues I was dealing with at home, I also had, I was a gymnast and I had an eating disorder and pageantry really aligned with a lot of those issues too. And to now be able to have such positive experiences from pageantry and know that mm-hmm. if I had not put my foot into the well at 16, I certainly would not have become a teacher. I certainly would not have become a public speaker. I certainly would not have ever had an opportunity to be on national news, to have the different podcasts that I have been a part of as both a host and then also as a guest. Like I I think it is remarkable how that moment changed my life forever. Uh, and, and conceivably gymnastics could have been that place that I still had had that moment. I, I ended up, you know, uh, having a very successful gymnastics business. I ended up working with Olympians uh, in the gymnastics world and did programming with the Olympic team. Uh, could that have been where I stayed in, in the place that I was in? That's how I ended up in Texas. Uh, but no, I mean, I like, I, I, I love my relationship, my positive relationship with the sport and with children and being a role model for them and being an advocate for them. And then my pageant life, it, it seems like such a dichotomy because most of the time my hair is pulled back. I'm in, you know, in a t-shirt and shorts and my, I'll walk in with with my makeup on and my students will go, so Miss Stacy, who did you interview today? <laughs> Cause they know, they know if this is the face that I have, that clearly I've either done an interview or that I have been interviewed, but it, that it was really, you know, could gymnastics have been that that place for me to have, have done mm. and met these people and had these opportunities? Sure. Um, I mean, and did I meet some amazing people from all over the world through gymnastics? Yes, but not to this point. Certainly not, you know, I, I mean, and, and, and to me, I think it's really remarkable. I, I do, I am a guest. My goal as Ms. Achievement World is to be a guest on one podcast every single week. And I have done it since I was crowned in July. Every single week I've been on a different podcast um, and from all over the world, which Mm. I I just think that lane, which we both started in about the same time is now the reality. Like the rest of the world is going, oh, wait, maybe we should try this thing where we talk to people from all over the world. Why not? Do you? That's another story. (laughs) Have you, have you noticed the, um, 
I mean, back back when I started, there also partly because the technology has evolved to where it's a lot easier now to do something like this or to bring on multiple guests. But back in 2016, it was a lot harder, if not impossible, or a lot more expensive, or both. Now it's become all of those things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, look, I, I remember back when I was doing tennis coaching, I taught myself how to play tennis, and that was through doing video analysis. These days, you want to do video analysis of something like a pageant walk, you get someone to hold their phone, they video it, you play it back, slow motion, you're golden, whatever. Back in those we days, it was like dollars yeah. to get I know, back, but when I had to do it myself, it was like $3,000 just for the software. Then I had to take my tripod and my big camera, my whopping great laptop, But my point from that, aside from I'm way too old, I've been doing this for too long, is have you you noticed how many more people are doing this now in terms of interviewing? Because I've certainly noticed it's everywhere now. Yeah. Well, well, actually, and I, I will go back to that moment on the Miss Universe red carpet. I was the only one with a cell phone. So I... That was a while ago then. Did my well, everybody had cell phones, but I was the only one doing my interviews on cell phone. So I I have a phone with my microphone that plugs into it. And Mm -hmm. I was I I, I mean it was it was gangsta, but (laughs) but I hear I am on the Miss Universe red carpet. No, I didn't. We didn't have lighting, so there wasn't. I mean, there wasn't affordable lighting. I mean, now everybody can get something pretty reasonably. But yeah. I had the best at that point, the best of the line iPhone. I spent three hundred dollars on this iRig phone uh, microphone to attach to my cell phone, mm. and here I am going, okay, hi, tell me. I mean, and and the worst part was is I didn't even do it like across the the velvet rope because most people hand the microphone across and they're not in the video. No. What did I do with Emmett yeah. Smith? I wrap my arm around him, turn around and go, so tell me about your. <laughs> you, you like to get up close and personal. You're one of those people. Are you? <laughs> I, I wrap my arm around him. I'm like, so it's world famous. Number 22 Dallas Cowboys winner of dance of the stars, Emmett Smith. And he went, wow, you know who I am. I went, yeah, I do. I mean, no one else I knew who they were. I mean, I interviewed Charlie Puth and I was like, dude, I know you from Ellen, so let's talk. <laughs> I, I did I didn't I, I interviewed Sean Mendes. I had no idea who he was. I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I don't, you know, I mean, the last the last Miss Universe that that Donald Trump owned, I, I was there for. I was like, oh look, there you go, there he goes. Okay. <laughs> And and that was really before I, I really had gotten to know, you know, like now I, I know more of the stories. I know the people, um, yeah. you know, so, I mean, it has changed. The technology has changed, but I remember that the Miss Universe here in Miami, you know, we were shooting on an iPhone and everybody went, mm. what are you doing? And I'm like, the interview, they can work on your phone. Just try it. And then. Slowly but surely, you, uh, my first Miss USA that I was pageantry now, I had two tripods. So I had one that had a GoPro on it and that one had my iPhone on it and the GoPro was down low. So I have an amazing interview of Ashley Graham's breasts. 
I, I'm sure they were a great guest. <laughs> but, but, man, because, like, I swear to God. Wide angle, wide, wide, wide angle lens. It's just great. <laughs> because she leaned in and I was like, oh, I, I had no idea. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm interviewing Ashley Graham. Like, I am like freaking out. And yeah. <laughs> Again, the things that, that I could undo, like I would do them. But you know, it's a learning experience. And now 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 I have a crew that comes with me. So like it's either my husband, I also have two. So we have Fatima who is is one of my hosts as well. And then I have um Rich and Maylee Ramos who come with me and do interviews too. And Maylee pretty much does all of my behind the scenes stuff. So she right. like at Miss Universe in 2019, which was the last Miss Universe I was live at. Um, she was like pulling people, hey, come here. She needs to interview with you. So I interviewed um, in the press junket 60 of the women that were competing of the 90. Wow. Yeah. Because my team just went, what, what, pull you here. Come here. Come here. Stacy needs you. Come here. And, and the Miss Universe staff was really wonderful. And they brought me people as well. There were, there were clearly women that were you know, either scared or uncomfortable or not had been, you know, this is the first time out of their country. And well, some, um, you know, some of them I, don't I, have English as their first language. So, I mean, you can understand it. Well, and, and that was it too, is that they, and, and I was really honored that they would, they would say, well, we brought them to you first, Stacey. And I was like, mm. okay. And I, I, I'm blessed that, 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 I mean, I still, I get very emotional because that particular Miss Universe was when they um, debuted the the Mwad crown, the new crown, and um, the Miss Universe staff as the crown. So Kat had it and she was holding it, and then they put it away in the box, and then the Miss Universe staff said, and I'm like, oh. Like being summoned to the headmaster's office. And I went, oh gosh, I'm in trouble now. And they're like, come here, Stacy. And I'm like, okay. So I went up on stage as every Filipino in the room goes, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure here. And they handed me the crown and I got to hold the Miss Universe crown. So here I am with this $5 million crown going. <gasps> oh. Don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it. Everyone asked me how much did it weigh? What did it feel like? I'm like, I don't know. But for one minute, I was Miss Universe and I don't care. <laughs> you didn't quickly put it on your head? That that would have know, not been no, called for, I guess? No, no you kind of quickly. No. Well, for, I am sure that, that the room would have lost it. The press would have been like, I mean, I was Probably just would have like, been tackled to the ground by security. <laughs> they were actually totally cool about it. Like, I, I was... You would have thought that, but, but, um, and, and he's actually one of the judges this year. So for team USA's or for Miss USA. So, um, he's, Pascal's really, really sweet. He was super, super nice. He just was like, I, I just was like, okay, my dreams are done. Like I'm, I'm good. We can go home now. I don't need to meet Miss Universe ever again. We're done. <laughs> and my, and my, and mainly Richard is like, did that really happen? I'm like, yes. Um, and actually Lisa Opie, I don't know if you, if you know, Lisa, Lisa's, uh, yeah. I've known Lisa since she started, she started competing here in Miami and, um, Lisa actually held it before, before I did. So, so Lisa and I both got to hold it and, and she even was like having, because, um, one of the people that she was, her friends went to school with Mwad. And so, um, 
uh, dude, it was like that moment. I'll never, it was magical. Like I am like, okay, I'm geeked out. I'm good. We can go home now. And they're like, wait, we're going home. Like, no, no, we're going to go to prelims. And, um, that particular prelim was pretty magical too, because they wheeled me right up to the stage and I sat within, you know, right on the edge of the stage and, and within spitting distance. Yes. You're in the like they, zone. <laughs> it was, I was, I, and at one point, like staff had come up to stop us from taking video, and I went press pass. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> because they you they weren't allowing people to do videos or and, and I was going click 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 click. I mean, again, yeah. on my phone, on my phone. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it. it, it it has changed. It, I think it's much more accessible now. Um, clearly, I, I couldn't afford it. And, and to be clear, pageantry now makes no money. We don't charge for anything. I've made, I, I've spent thousands of dollars to fly, to do the things that I do, to have these opportunities um, on, the, you know, the phones, on the, the gear, whatever I have to have, you know. Mm-hmm just to be able to say I could be there and have that moment. Like it, it, it is, pageantry is not a cheap sport, <laughs> um, but it is one of a kind and it's pretty magical. So have you ever is that tried information? <laughs> no, but what I, what, what I want to ask is have you ever tried explaining any of the sort of any of this side of things to people who, don't know anything about pageantry and just you see sometimes I don't know if you have any friends who are outside the pageant circle but my best friend who I, I play do. tennis with once a week I um I had this very weird morning where as I, I don't have a pageantry background so I woke up one morning and I had a zoom call with Miss Universe Island at six then I had a coaching call with another Miss Universe at 7 30 and then I had tennis and then I found out I was uh, and I was going to be coaching another Miss Universe. So it was going to be three people I was coaching at Miss Universe. And I just went, that's so weird. Like, I never planned this. What on earth is happening? Like, and then I was telling, no, I was telling my best friend. And like, you know, I don't, I said, have you ever had one of those moments where you just go, how did I end up here? Like, how did this all happen? And all he heard out of the whole conversation was Miss Universe. That that's all he heard. He didn't understand any of the other significant. All he heard was Miss Universe. But my question is, do you have you ever tried explaining any of this craziness to someone who's outside of pageantry? And what has their reaction been like? So uh, I've got to be honest. Like I've had friendships end over my love of pageantry. Uh, people that just okay. didn't get why I do this, and and and, and one of my dearest friends. Um, she goes, why do you, why do you crave the attention so much? Why do you put yourself in these situations? Why, why would you want to make yourself feel bad? And I'm like, and, and I, I kind of went, wait, I, I love this. Like, this is, this gives me passion. Like, I mean, my, when I came back to pageantry in 2002, I was doing already a lot of charity work already. I was working and, and doing speaking for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, for the American Cancer Society. Um, so I was really just 
uh, using the crown as a as a microphone to be able to give me yep. bro broader spectrum reach rather than just being yeah. you know isolated to one specific area um but i i've my sister-in-law is my my best friend now and she she didn't get it she just is like you're doing what and i'm like okay so mike and i her her brother mike and i are going to be judging a pageant in la and you get to have your room paid for so let's get on an airplane and go and she went oh okay we can do that <laughs> I finally got okay, her. To she, didn't, she didn't go to the pageant, but the fact that she could go have a moment where she could get away. I mean, we we ended up having tickets to Disneyland. Like she got to have mm -hmm. a magical moment that was, and she went and, and met some of the girls. And she's like, this is not so bad. Like I get it now, but up until that point, this was a, this was 2019. So from 2011 to 2019, she was like, I understand. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, they, my, my best friend uh, who's been through this, this, all of this with me, um, we've been friends since 91. And mm. um, he, I mean, he, he, he gets it, but, you know, his, his husband is a fashion designer. So his, his husband gets it. <laughs> He's like, where yeah. are we going now? <laughs> Uh, it's hard to, I guess it's hard to, to, even to my employees, like I, you know, I have, I have five young women that are employees um, and trying to explain to them, oh yeah, I'm, I'm flying to LA for a charity event. And they go, that's cool. Why? It's <laughs> uh, mm. my other life. You know, you know, trying to explain the other side of it because they they see me as being this successful person within my business and they want to be part of that world and part of gymnastics and they see that side of it but the the yeah. pageant side of it is i think kind of fascinating to them you know i mean you know at one point i was like you guys want to go to miss universe like we can make that happen and they all went why <laughs> why it's very See, it's interesting to me because most most of the people that I found who have a negative view on pageantry haven't really actually experienced it. And to me, it's it's just a bit silly to, to go, it says more about you than it says about anything you're judging, that you would judge something so harshly and so sort of terminally when you haven't experienced it. And to be completely frank, when I first got into interviewing pageant girls, I went into it not really knowing what it was about, not having a particularly high opinion of it. But I think the one thing that saved me was, well, I don't want to judge something if I haven't actually, you know, given it a go, so to speak. Obviously, I didn't give it a go, but getting to know the people involved, why they were doing it. Um, and then ever, ever since then, I haven't stopped. But it's very rare that that sort of negativity comes from, I mean, there's different issues inside the industry to be sure, but that sort of, oh, I don't see the point of it. Oh, it's just, you know, pretty girls in bikinis saying they're talking about world peace. It almost always seems to me to come from people who have no idea what pageantry is about. They've never watched a pageant interview, never attended a pageant in person. Right. And um, I, I used to think that one of the things we should do is try to bring them into the conversation, bring them into the fold. And to an extent, I still believe that's the case. But sometimes I think people just 
is trying to spend your time converting them is it's very very difficult so i think in some ways the best thing to do is for you to shine for you to set an example and then when they ask you how did you get into this then you mention the pageant bomb then they go oh rather than going at them beating them over the head with a stick going you should love pageantry you should love which i see again and again and i i just have this feeling now stacy it's like i don't think you want to do that because no one wants to be proven wrong so if someone doesn't right. think pageantry is great, and even if you prove them wrong, they're still going to resist you because you've come at them and attacked them. I'd be interested to know right. what you think on that. That's sort of been my sort of journey in terms of should we try and convert people or not. What Really the whole idea, again, with pageantry now is the tagline was positivity pageantry in the beginning, and it still is. Um, yeah. And I really feel like... I want to be the positive face. I want to be that way that people see this isn't what people think it is. And even for the girls that work with me, I, when, when I interviewed Andrea Mesa, I was like, listen, I understand you may not understand this world of pageantry, but here, go watch my interview. Mm. And then they came back to work and they went, oh, wow, she's really cool. Like, I had no idea. Like, and this, and that changes and, and and honestly that's been one of the easiest ways for me to be able to say hey go look at this conversation yeah. you know i don't need you to to tell me to, i don't want to try to convert you and i, and I certainly don't want to I, I i would love for everybody to see pageantry the way that i do um mm. because I, I really think it is a really beautiful place and it really is about people really trying to make a difference in the world and hearing these women articulate that I think and, and men now mm. too we do I I, I I shouldn't always say women but it you know trying to to open it up uh, that we have this really rare opportunity to take this crown and and to move people with it and, and whether it is locally if it's you know regionally if it's nationally if it's internationally it doesn't mm. matter my favorite saying is a drop in the ocean eventually becomes a wave of change i'm going to be that drop me and if i convert one person if i change one life that's my goal today so you know and if somebody sees that interview and they go hey i think that's cool let me look at that i mean and yeah in the beginning stages of pageantry now, you know, I, we just did coaching. That's all I did. I just did interview coaching and mm. I didn't care if it was for pageant or not. We just had people practicing and it is to my pride that now I've had several women, girls as well, teenagers that watched those shows and now are national title holders. You mm. know, again, that moment when someone said, Hey, would you coach for Miss Universe? And I went, Sure. <laughs> That's a Me? hard sale. I went, <laughs> okay. You know, I'm, I, I've had a first runner up. That's wicked cool. I'm in a winner. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, and again, yeah. is it just, it, it's, it's a team. Like it, it's never one person. I'm never going to ever say that, that anyone, it, it takes a village to raise a title holder. Mm. It doesn't ever happen with one person's knowledge because everybody is good at something and everyone has a different perspective. 
And at the end of the day, the title holder is the person that wins and the people that are behind them hold them up and lift them up to that title. So. Yeah, I completely agree. That, that, that's well said. It does drive me crazy when one person tries to take credit. It, it does happen. Um, but yeah, there's... Um, it's been weird for me recently, especially with Universe coming up, because one of my best friends won the Miss Universe GB title. And uh, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, where you kind of have this, you knew them before, you know, the whole before they were famous thing. And right. it's so weird to me, because as you said, the real person thing, like Pia, Catriona, they're real people. And people go, of course, they're real people. But when you have that sort of hero, the, the fangirling thing, and you realize they're real people, it's a very weird moment. And then I, I've known Emma, like Emma sat, was sitting on that couch one day trying to do an Instagram post, took her two hours because she was trying to get the caption right. In the meantime, I've edited, you know, 5,000 interviews. And to think that, you know, she's gone from that person. And she said the Australian, her Australian stay was exactly what she needed. Now she's Miss University B prepping to go to Israel. And you have all these people who suddenly, you know, her biggest fans, and I'm happy for her because, you know, it's really grown her following, but they know her as that Whereas I knew her as something else as, and just yeah, in my exactly. head, it's kind of my head. I don't quite know how to explain it, but my head was kind of confused. It's like, oh my God, I'm so happy you won Miss Universe GB. You're competing. It's like, but hang on. You're also the same person who I videoed not being able to cook my pasta when you're wearing a towel on your head and your pajamas. And when I wrote the congratulatory post, I said, am I allowed to show that video? And she goes, no. <laughs> like, oh. No. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> I, I still have that video um somewhere but, and the, but the real like and then that that yeah you know again maybe i told my husband i was like but adrian like takes bloopers out and he's like stacy you're doing it live if anybody watches there's gonna be a blooper like how many times have you made a mistake on camera and i was like <laughs> ironically when i'm live i don't usually i mean i do miss misstep and say things that pay, i shouldn't um sometimes but <laughs> generally it's when you're doing asking me to do captions that i go oh sure let me record that and it takes like six takes and i'm like don't give me a script just let me say what i need to say yeah. and we'll be done with it so <laughs> yeah i'm i'm the same look i embrace the bloopers as i said the the, the best the funniest parts for me are, are the funny parts where someone is laughing uncontrollably and that that's to me those are the that's why i clip those out and put them up because yes there's a serious side though. to it but i think if you just lead with the serious stuff all the time people are just like oh this is too serious it's too heavy i don't want to watch oh, yeah. but when they see someone laughing uncontrollably or saying something they shouldn't or you know you dig through their instagram and you find a funny reel they put up to me, those are the moments that make, make you know, interviewing worthwhile. Make it worth it. And and one of the things, like, I, I got critiqued rec recently uh, telling me that my interviews are too long. And I was like, well, I have learned that the magic space where someone relaxes into it and we get to know the real person mm. is between 25 and 30 minutes. So if I keep my interview only to... 15 minutes, which I understand that's, that's our world. Most people are not going to yeah. sit through and watch yeah. this, but, but you miss out on really good stuff where you find mm. out things about title holders that you would never, they wouldn't get to that comfort level of, of talking to a stranger. 
they're used to those yeah. three minute sound bites that they're used to doing. Whereas if you get to that, that good place and they calm down and they're comfortable with you and you're comfortable with them, that's where the magic happens. So. Yeah. Which, I agree. It's a good podcast. <laughs> I don't think there is anything really such as too long. I think the world has gone two ways. One has been the ultra, ultra short. You got your TikToks, Instagram reels, things like that, 15, 30 seconds. But then you've got, in terms of, you know, are your interviews too long? You've got Joe Rogan podcasts and things like that where they talk about heavy, heavy issues and it can go two or three hours. So I, right. I, I think for me it's like if it's the right audience, there's no such thing as too long. The problem is not the length, it's the audience. If you're not interested in what I have to say, that's fine. But it doesn't mean making it shorter right. would do me any good because you weren't interested in it in the first place. So that's that to me is an odd critique. I can certainly see, okay, for certain platforms or certain formats, yes, you want to condense it. But, um, you know, podcasts, are something might be too long to watch. But if you're driving, stuck in traffic or in Atlanta airport, for God's sakes, yeah. and you want to listen to something, <laughs> having a three-hour interview might actually in. be good. <laughs> <laughs> this is all I Public remember about Atlanta Airport. Now. Avoid Atlanta Airport. I'm going to be in trouble. Hartsfield is going to be. And now Miss Achievement World says, do not go to Atlanta Airport. Oh, God. Well, you're the one that did it, not me. I'm just reiterating what you said. I'm all the way over in Australia. So what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> it's okay. They'll just keep me from, you know, flying there. It'll be fine. I'll just drive. It's 12 hours. That's probably <laughs> won't be a hardship for you, given what you said about the airport anyway. Be like, you're not allowed to go to yeah. the dentist anymore. It's like, oh, no. Oh, that's so bad. Um, oh, dear. Look, <laughs> Stacey, before we go to those... Before we go to those final 10 questions that we've talked about, is anyone that you want to give a shout-out to? I'm sure there's many, but any shout-outs you want to give? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, always, I, I, it sounds so cliche, but I love my husband, Michael Simpson. You're an amazing human. Um, you put up with this crazy world that I um, I wouldn't be able to do this without you. Uh, Diana Lawrence, my amazing director. I, I have been friends with you for 20 years. You have been the light that I look forward to, and it has been my amazing honor to be your title holder. Um, tell my friends, like, I, I know my world is crazy. The things that I do are nuts. You guys support me. Um, my sister-in-law, you know, who gives so generously to every charity that I'm like, please, I'm raising money. She, she's amazing. Um, my in-laws are fantastic. They just are, are great humans. Uh, and then, you know, to all my, my pageant friends, like all the people that have been on the show that are part of this, you know, uh, Fatima for, sticking with me, mainly and Rich for, you know, being along for the, the ride, knowing that we're never going to get paid for any of this stuff, but we're going to go on adventure. Like, you know, uh, mainly at Miss USA, my defibrillator went off and that woman stayed in the hospital in an e in evening wear for three days um, and stayed with me. So wow. yeah. Interviewing Paula Sugar and my defibrillator went off. Interviewing Paula Sugar. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'm grateful that to everybody that, that steps into my life and you you shine light onto me. It is my honor to shine light back onto you. So thank you. And, and to you, because, dude, man, what you're doing is exactly the same space that I, I, I want. I want us to have more 
people that do this because I think that it's important that everyone gets an opportunity to share their light and their story and and the magic of what pageantry can be. So, cheers. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still getting over the fact that you were in an interview and your defibrillator went off. I mean, I thought I had technical issues, but nothing quite of that magnitude. <laughs> I mean, but, and, and to make it even more interesting, Kaylee, Kaylee interesting Harris, is that really yeah. the right adjective interesting <laughs> yes because fox news was recording and caught it i was in the background when they were interviewing kaylee so i, I i'm like paula can i just get a minute to interview we're two minutes to to preliminaries at usa and all of a sudden my defibrillator's never gone off before and all of a sudden i hear Beep, 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 coming from my chest. And I went, Paula, one minute, please. Um, I think my defibrillator is going off. I swear to God, it was that calm. And then, boom, and thank God there was a half wall behind me because we're in the theater. I drop. Paula just goes white as a sheet. I'm like, oh, crap. But the entire Miss Universe staff, the security team are around me. So all I see is, is you know, everybody in black standing around me the emts from backstage come rushing to help me out the pr staff are like you know came immediately to me stacy what can we do to help you how can we and i'm like just get me out of the theater because then it's you know i hear two minutes to show time a minute 30 seconds to show time one minute to show time i'm like let me just crawl out of the theater and so if you go back and you watch the 2018 Miss USA, you can see me as they go overhead camera being wheeled out of the theater. Okay, I haven't had quite that moment yet. They talk about Steve Harvey, mo Harvey moment. I'm going to talk, call that my Stacey Simpson moment, the moment when you just, you know, wish you were dead on, on, on the red carpet. Not literally, but just wish like the whole world would swallow me up. I haven't quite had that moment yet. I'll get there. I'll get there. Oh, that's quite, um, I really need to go and watch that now. And the Miss Universe, the Miss Universe staff are amazing. Polly Sugar is an amazing. And, and then, <coughs> so this was pre prelims. The hospital did emergency heart surgery on me the morning of the finals for Miss USA and got me out of the hospital so that I could go to finals. Like the entire hospital knew what was going on. The Miss Universe staff had sent me flowers. Like everybody was keeping up with what was going on. And um, and so my melee wheels me into the theater and the security guards go, oh she's here and roll me into the theater so i can watch chesley take her first like the final look walk because we it, it, i i took a nap i was exhausted like i i wasn't feeling yeah. great and and so i get to see chesley walk out on stage and and the 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 final look and i'm crying and you know i'm like oh my gosh this is you know we because maylee's never been to miss usa so she's like yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> it's a memorable first um, time. <laughs> and then we, they have a, afterwards, they always have a, a, a press conference. So we went from the theater to the press conference room and, and Paula always walks in 
the new title holder. So she always walks with security with the person who walks mm-hmm. on stage. And you see Paula see me and she goes. <laughs> and they walked up to me. She goes, what are you doing here? I said, I came here to meet the Miss, Miss, new Miss USA and she's right there and I'm doing my job. And they handed me the microphone. Let me ask the first question. So I, they love me. I love them. I am forever grateful. You know, if I never, I mean, I know Crystal, I, I pray that uh, they will offer me the same amazing opportunities mm-hmm. that Miss Universe organization has as well. Um, but I know Crystal back from when she was doing prelims. Like I remember sitting in at Miss Fort Worth with Crystal's mom and her being first runner up at Miss Fort Worth and her mom going, they're never going to let her be Miss Texas. And I said, she's going to be Miss USA. Just wait. So um, I'm super proud of that. And so I hope that that she is changing the way we do Miss USA and the way we see Miss USA and mm-hmm. bringing back some of the old things that we're doing. And so to her and all the staff, keep changing the world. We like that. So lots of shout outs. <laughs> it's going to take me a while to get that defibrillator story out of my head. I don't know how I, how I deal with it. If I heard beeping coming from my chest, knowing that an electrical shock was coming, but geez, and then you went back and to the pageant. You really are crazy. Yeah, I've heard pet people get the pageant I, bug, but this is insane. No, no. <laughs> and, and and I had a heart attack at one of the pageants I competed at. Almost cardiac arrest. <laughs> woman, woman of achievement. I think you should shout out you know, the defibrillator manufacturer because that obviously worked. <laughs> well, yes, the defibrillator, and 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 so. It is the same thing with me. I have heart failure as a side effect from my original cancer. Uh, and at one point my heart function dropped to 10%. So my defibrillator wow. um, kept my heart going. And then instead of getting a transplant, I was the first woman to ever receive cardiac stem cells to repair the damage to my heart. Right. Uh, so it, it is because my potassium gets low when I get excited. And if your potassium gets critically low, it puts you in cardiac arrest. And so that continued. It didn't even happen. I was so afraid with Achievement World because my heart rate started to raise. And I'm I'm sitting in my bedroom being crowned or, you know, not, well, not even crowned, like hearing my name. And I'm trying to hold my husband's hands. This is the first time he's ever been at a pageant with me (laughs) in my bedroom. And and my heart rate was like 155. I'm like, oh, crap, this is going to go off again. What the So, again, the reason I'm retiring is because I don't think my body can take that pressure. <laughs> I mean, there are limits to what I can probably put as a meme, but there are so many TikTok audios that just immediately <laughs> leap to mind, like the whole oh no audio leaps to mind. And oh, the no. one where it goes, oh, no. was at that oh, no. moment oh, that, that she awesome. realized. Yeah, you know, you're there, and there's like in the <laughs> cardiac, the, the defibrillator goes, oh no, oh no. <laughs> Oh my God, that would be brilliant. Oh, it might be a little bit on the nose. I mean, you are having a heart attack, Stacey. I mean, this it's not that funny, but it's the timing of it. I mean, just. Okay. But you know what? The thing that keeps me alive is that I laugh 
through it all. So in that moment, my concern was the fact that Miss USA was getting ready to start and that I might embarrass the organization by being on the floor. (laughs) And the only thing I kept... (laughs) (laughs) Who's that lady lying on the floor in that lovely gown? I don't know. One of the dads was a police officer and he was running, he was going to to go to the bathroom before the show started and he sat down with me and he's like, okay, so I'm going to just sit with you. And I was like, sir, please don't touch me because if the the defibrillator goes off again, it'll it'll shock you. And he goes, ma'am, I have been shot at. It is fine. I am here to keep you calm. I'm like, your daughter has worked endlessly to be on that stage tonight and you need to go to the bathroom so you can watch her walk out on stage. And he went, okay. Because <laughs> I am all about everybody else's experiences. I, I rarely do I get selfish to the point where, I mean, yeah. it's crazy, it, but you know, it, it, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> well, that's why Shout you, out to that's that why dad. you I don't even know what dad that is. Yeah. So. Well, you probably had a very I weird, mean, weird angle of him if you were lying down when he sat next to you. I was sitting up. Yeah. I mean, I was awake the whole time, but all I did was I handed mainly my phone and I'm like, so I've, sh- I've told, because I, I, I keep all of my medical information on the phone. And so I handed it to her. I'm like, call Michael and 911. And she goes, I'm like, not in that order. Call 911. She's like, pretty sure everybody else is going to call 911. Because... <laughs> So, so I am in Reno, and my best my best friend, one of my best friends, is calling my husband, going, "So Stacy's defibrillator just went off. What do I do?" <laughs> yep, can't buy these moments. I, Adrian, you you could make this could be gold for you on TikTok. <laughs> I, I I think there are li- I'm pushing the limits. I'm thinking about whether I'd be game enough to to put a defibrillator video up on TikTok as humor, but we'll see. We'll see. Live dangerously. <laughs> that, that that is a first. I mean, we, we mentioned Marissa briefly. I mean, you know, Marissa getting struck by lightning has stuck in my head for forever. She's forever the girl who got struck by lightning. I I remember she put up an Instagram story, and there was wherever she was, there was a tornado coming and she had videoed the tornado i said whatever you do don't get sucked up by the tornado and she goes yeah can't be the girl who got struck by lightning and hit by a tornado it's like yeah you think it's like yeah you you, i I mean like if you two are together that'd be great you got hit by (laughs) (laughs) i I, I hit hurricane andrew which is one of the biggest hurricanes to ever hit the united states Mm. i i i watched the roof pop pop off like (laughs) The, the the stories how how Stacy how my, can you watch a hurricane ripping your roof off and not have your defibrillator go off but being crowned as a pageant queen is enough to make your heart beat I mean how I didn't, I mean, ha- I didn't, I didn't have a defibrillator then I didn't have a defibrillator okay. then so yeah I, I didn't have cancer then I didn't you know, that at that point I you know just been the child of abuse so it's fine. <laughs> And I guess that's why you got to laugh at everything. It's like, well, God's ripping the roof off my house. Well, what's the worst that can happen? Uh, my husband laughs and he says that because you want to add insult to injury. In 2011, I was hit by a truck riding my bicycle. 
So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've had cancer three times. I'm going through chemo now. I have heart failure as a side effect from my original cancer treatments. They gave me eight weeks to live in 1996 from my original cancer. 2011, I was training for a triathlon to raise money for a cancer charity, and I got hit by a truck. And my defibrillator went off. I'm sorry, side. that's oh, just... Yeah. <laughs> I just... <laughs> You know when they say you know there's there's a message there's a story there's a moral of the story I don't know what the moral of this story is I really I don't I don't, I don't. I don't give up well okay moral of the story is I laugh a lot you have to laugh at the insanity of it it is absurd and I am waiting for hopefully you know Telemundo to call me for the telenovela rights because clearly the story is absurd and. And that you just have to find the good and stuff. Like this stuff makes me happy. Sharing my story well, makes not, me happy. Not that getting hit by a truck, surely that doesn't make you no. happy. <laughs> I'm sure you weren't laughing when you hit the ground. After that's like, ah, I got hit by a truck. I can't story. I was underneath the truck, and I don't. I, I tell people like the the handlebars went into. Did you my get abdomen, the driver's so license? I, dude yeah he lost his driver's license and his job because it was uh, also it was it was a utility truck so it wasn't i i it was it was bad like i had to learn how to walk again i was i was in rehab like I, I had to learn how to talk again so the, which is why i like laugh now because my my pageant walk is so wonky <laughs> he put me on heels and i walk sideways i'm like wait what happened why can't i walk i'm like well you know I've got 20 damaged discs in my back of 23 discs. I have 20, 20 of them that are damaged. The only thing that did, the reason my, uh, that my spinal cord didn't sever was because of gymnastics. So, and probably pageant pageantry, because you have to keep your core so strong for when you have a good, mm -hmm. good walk. Yeah. So, I mean, and now I'm like, whatever, I'm old, who cares? <laughs> If my walk looks wonky, I don't care anymore. <laughs> Stacy, let's go through these final ten questions. Um, I made oh you dear. cry. Oh no! It's all right. It's been all right. No, it's uh, you know went the laughing, the laughing tears. I, I have cried, not cried, but like tears sometimes come out. Like when you know, sometimes when you proud moments or emotional moments. Uh, but anyway, let's wrap this up. So, final 10 questions, which you know what they are, but here we go. Number one, what's your favorite word? Happy. Love. Probably love. Love is my favorite word. And number two, what's your least favorite word? <sighs> hate. I know it's really boring, but it's true. I, I don't like the word hate. I think it's, a, it's, it's an ugly word. So. <laughs> And since I know you know these questions, I'll just ask you question three the way it's supposed to be asked, which is what turns you on? A good sense of humor. You got to have a good sense of humor. And honestly, that's the reason I have the guy I have is because we laugh all the time. Like we're, and he's snarky. So like, that's the most important thing to me. So it, it so he, laughing humor like that those those are the things that make life worth it so you know <laughs> i know the next question next question is what turns me off 
You can interview yourself. I'm going to go have a glass of red wine over here because it's one o'clock. So what turns you off? I I really dis I, I hate bullying. I hate the using the word the the word hate, but I I just being that I have been bullied most of my life. I really think that it's ugly and it is definitely not it needs to be stopped but whatever you can't it's human nature unfortunately you know the next question go for it tell me I don't, I don't, what I don't sound or noise do you love kids laughing i love the giggle i it, it is like nothing that I have ever, and it, it makes me, keeps me alive. I don't have kids of my own. I borrow everybody else's kids. So, but hearing them laugh and giggle just makes me happy. <laughs> you can probably say that as a female. I don't know if it's a male. I could say as a tennis coach, I just want to borrow your child for a second. <laughs> anyway. Um. Oh, well, I tell people that I have, I do not have children of my own, but I have 375 students. And I get them for 45 minutes, get to have, you know, teach them gymnastics, educate them, hear them laugh, have have them have fun. And then I give them back to the parents and the parents pay mm -hmm. me for that. So that's awesome. I get them for fun time. And, you know, I know that sounded wrong. Oh, God. No, no, that's oh, dear me. Okay, <laughs> let's just let's just segue to the next question before we dig that particular hole any deeper. What sound or noise do you hate? It would be before that kid's crying. Now it's my new puppy whining at the door. He just makes this horrible squeal. It's awful. So I I I would not be able to have a child that cries because like we we've had him for four weeks and he just sits in the door and goes. <laughs> It's, yeah, I know. I kids crying is not my thing. So. <laughs> Are you sure that's a dog? That doesn't sound like a dog. That sounds like a pig <laughs> making that squealing it noise. Un, I know. No, it you sounds sure like that. It is unearthed. Wait, wait, wait. I, I would like you. I can have Mike come in here and shut the door, and you will hear it. It is, it is horrible. No. Well, I don't want you to bring bring the dog in just to shut the dog in its face. I mean, that, that's not very nice. <laughs> just for the purposes of an interview. <laughs> we Right before we were, we were setting up the cameras and Mike didn't let him in the studio. He shut the door and, and the sound. And I went, Michael, just open the door. He's like, he's in my way. I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to hear that sound anymore. I don't care. Make it stop. <laughs> Oh, dear. Um, question seven. This is the one I said I had to change. If you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? Mm, I want to be Jean Grey. I want to be able to use my brain to to affect other people. So I, 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 I'm a redhead. I want, I want to, you know, I want to use that that mental ability to make other people not do things to my will, but just do positive things, like you know, do good things in the okay. world. So. Okay. And and the an the uh, appropriate answer to that is the F word. So. Okay. <laughs> thank you for that. It's been a long time since I've been able to ask that question, so thank you for that. 
Oh, dear. Diana, I love uh, you. I didn't say it this time. So. <laughs> yeah, everyone just says the F word. Uh, question eight, what job or occupation other than your own would you most like to attempt? I would want to be a doctor. Like I, I because of the medical issues that I've had through the years, I absolutely, uh, and I've had doctors ask me where I went to medical school because I'm very, I know my information really, really well. I'm like, mm. life. So uh, and 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 being part of Dr. World Productions, I think it's really interesting because uh, several of the title holders and I are, you know, friends, and they know my medical stuff, and they think it's so cool that someone that isn't a doctor they could talk to. And I, I'm, tell me more. I'm that's cool. But now that I have friends that I can go. So this is what's going on. Do I need to go to the hospital or not? <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that that's cool to be able to talk <laughs> cool. about that stuff. Uh, what job would you definitely not like to attempt? Uh, that one I haven't ever thought about. Like, there, I mean, there's a lot of things I, I used to say I wanted to be a proctologist or a garbage truck driver just to be silly, but, um, I, I don't, <laughs> I think I've tried so many different jobs that I'm game, like, I don't know. I probably don't want to be police officer. I think that would be not good because uh, I even tried the politician stuff because that used to be the answer. I don't want to be a politician. And mm. I, I tried. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Probably a police officer. You know, I don't like danger. I, <laughs> I clearly have my own danger without having to add to it. So. <laughs> Yeah, you don't you don't need any any third parties there. You're doing well by yourself. <laughs> me. Mike that's says that, that nature stopped trying to take me out, and that's why we we're now into trucks because nature stops. So <laughs> nature knows when she's beat. Dear me. Uh, final question: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You made a difference. I want to know I changed the life. So I, that's really deep and meaningful, but that is why I do this. To change one life would be enough. So I want to know that I I helped. So congratulations. Let's let's go, you know, drop some F bombs and you you made a difference. <laughs> We can only hope. We can only hope. Well, look, Stacy, it's been a ride. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for letting me be here. I really appreciate it. I mean, honestly, um, no, no, not trying to blow smoke or anything. I, I am honored to be your guest. And I love what you're creating. I love the fact that there's enough space in this world that we can have more than one space that we can share stories. Mm. And um, I, I really am grateful. And especially because I know with the, the ladies in the UK and Australia, they haven't had those places that they can feel safe and have an opportunity to be able to share their story. So um, grateful that you open those opportunities up. So keep doing it. It's good. Well, I thought it was about time. I mean, <laughs> Some, someone has to like. I mean, I I can only do so much. 
Yeah, yeah. We'll never have any shortage of people to interview. That that much is for sure. Um, but I, I don't. As many interviews and podcasts as I've done, it, it's funny that I still hear firsts, like things that I've never heard before. And today I've heard a couple of them: the defibrillator and being hit by a truck. I have not heard either of those stories before. So. I, 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 it is my pleasure to be the first, <laughs> probably the last. <laughs> I, look, I hope the last. I don't want people coming on and going, yeah, I got hit by a truck today as well. It's like, no, no, that's not what I did this for at all. Um, let's just finish. Ralph here has written a while back. He wrote, you're truly an inspiration and wonderful friend, Stacey. I wish you continued success, my friend. I have to go and get ready for work. See you next time, and God bless you both. Ralph wrote that at 4.35, and then an hour and a quarter later, he's written great interview. Great so interview. obviously, <laughs> work is going well. Ralph, thank you for watching. Um, but Stacey, I'll keep you on the line, as I said, for just a second whilst I hang up with the audience. Thanks to everyone for watching, whether it's live or on the replay, and we will speak to you next time. Bye for now. Hey, thanks so much for watching. Sorority Access is now open. So if you'd like to join an amazing group of women and learn how to be the most powerful, confident, and impactful queen possible, head to the pageant sorority.com. I'll see you there and see you in the next video. Oh,